ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas that you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sf, as in Sioux Falls, sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in the studio today by Monsignor Charles Megan. Monsignor, how are you? Very well. Thank you, Dr. Bergwald. Good. Good to have you here. We'll, we'll uh, introduce you in a moment to our listeners in case they haven't heard you before. Um, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I introduce myself momentarily as well. But today, Monsignor and I are going to be talking about Lent and Our Lady, that is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, Lent is quickly approaching. If you're listening to this on the radio as this airs, um, Ash Wednesday is just over a week away, thereabouts. Um, so we're getting ready as Catholics to celebrate this penitential season that will prepare us to celebrate the great feast of Easter, uh, the sacred triduum, um, which we'll talk about when we get closer, uh, that leads up to, uh, that, that closes out, follows on Lent, and leads us into Easter and the Easter season. So Lent, but Our Lady's role within Lent, the Marian feasts, and maybe what she can do to help us make this Lent more fruitful. So that's what we'll be talking about today on Ignition. Monsignor, again, if somebody hasn't uh, heard you or of you before, would you mind introducing yourself? I'd be happy to. I'm Monsignor Charles Mangan, uh, priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I was raised in Aberdeen uh, by my parents. and Aberdeen, South Dakota, not Scotland. That's true. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> For sure. That's right. Uh, it was, uh, I'm second of six and uh, at Sacred Heart Parish, my home parish there in Aberdeen, such a beautiful church. Um, I've been a priest since 1989 and so blessed in abundant ways by God. Uh, I'm the involved with the Office of the Marian Apostolate, so we work to promote Marian veneration within the diocese and sometimes even outside of the diocese. Uh, and also I've been involved in canon law, the church's law, uh, and finally uh, working with consecrated life communities. So consecration, consecrated life would be those who profess poverty, chastity, and obedience. Finally, uh, among many other things I get to do so often, I have been involved as a missionary of mercy, which Pope Francis established during the Year of Mercy in 2016. So um, the whole notion of calling forth God's mercy upon his people and encourage all of us to call forth God's mercy for ourselves. Amen. So, uh, Monsignor, you were ordained in 1989. So, Bishop Dudley of the Bishop Diocese Dudley, of Falls yes. ordained you. Yes. So, now we just um, last week, as people might be listening to this on the radio here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, we we received a new bishop. He was ordained a priest of the Diocese of the of St. Paul, Minneapolis, then previously Father Donald DeGrude, now Bishop Donald DeGrude of the Diocese of Falls. So he'd be your fourth bishop. Yes, uh, uh, fourth bishop for, uh, as far as uh, 
whom I've served as a priest. As a priest. Okay. Yes. For, for so. Yes. Great. So thank you for being here, Monsignor. Thank you, Dr. Bergwald. And again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, Monsignor referred to me as, I, and I introduced myself as Dr. Bergwald. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't play one on TV or the radio. Uh, I have a doctorate in sacred theology, uh, which um, a degree and formation that I, that I get the privilege of putting to use here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. A married layman. Uh, um, my wife, Jermaine, and I have been married since 1999, so uh, you're already a priest 10 years when you got married. <laughs> right. um, and we have five kids, all of them born and raised here in eastern South Dakota. So Lent and Our Lady, Monsignor, what comes... Again, you, you mentioned you're the director of the Office of the Marian Apostolate. Um, you mentioned previously great joy of your priesthood is being able to share with others... Um, well, not just the truths about, but a relationship with Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Thinking about her and this season of Lent that we're soon to begin, what comes to your mind first? What first comes to mind is that uh, Our Lady is so connected to Lent. And the reason for that is she followed the Lord, her son, in his sorrow, in his passion and sorrow. And, of course, she also experienced the joy of the resurrection, the glory of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But Our Lady knows what it is to have joy. She knows what it is to have sorrow. And she is such an excellent example for us of accepting sorrows from the hand of God Mm -hmm. with joy and with cheerfulness and with gratitude. Uh, No complaining, uh, being willing to carry the cross because she trusted her son. And she knew that if Christ wanted this and desired this and allowed it, that she then wanted to participate in it. I also would say, Dr. Bergwald, that when it comes to Lent and Our Lady, I think of those three marvelous Lenten works. We sometimes call them Lenten works. Prayer, uh, fasting, and almsgiving. Now, maybe we should say that prayer is any communication with the Lord. So. When we go and make the Stations of the Cross, some of us uh, on Friday nights will go to the parish. Um, certainly our, our holy hours, our times at home of prayer, uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and so on, this is prayer. And of course, the reception of the sacraments, going to confession, uh, going to Mass, prayer. The second Lenten work is sometimes called fasting. But we also know that that is kind of a short name for penance in particular. Sure. So fasting refers to the fact that if we're 14 and over, uh, we should uh, abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent as well as Ash Wednesday. And then fasting, the particular uh, word fasting, refers to... uh, eating less on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. That's if we're 18 to 59. Right. And that would mean two smaller meals and one larger meal and not to eat between meals. Mm -hmm. So when we use the word fasting, we're really talking about penance overall, the ways that we can experience the beauty of the suffering Christ and how he has loved us and carried the cross for us. It even means not only things connected to the palate, not only things connected to eating, but also things like uh, denying myself maybe pleasures that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe instead of going to the basketball game, I'll go to the Stations of the Cross 
or something like that. Um, so that's oftentimes under the banner of fasting. And then finally, almsgiving. Alms is money, is a kind of money. And of course, almsgiving means to give to the poor. Mm-hmm. But maybe a little wider uh, designation would be charity. And here we're meaning not just giving money to the poor, but it might be going to the soup kitchen uh, and serving. It might be going to the homeless shelter. It might be listening to a friend who's suffering with a t- terrible cross. It might be going to see my grandmother who's quite ill. Those kinds of things, charity. So when we think of that, we think of how Mary would do all those things mm-hmm. in such abundance. Right. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, always thinking about the Lord, always thinking about the importance of drawing closer to him. And I think this is very important. So Our Lady and Lent would be like a baseball and a glove, natural, <laughs> a natural fit. And it doesn't have to be forced. Right. It's completely there. That's beautiful, Muncy. So I want to, there's so much there that I want to unpack and, and talk about a little bit. Starting at the beginning, you talked about how um, Our Lady, how, how the Blessed Virgin Mary, how she, she, she bore her sufferings and her sorrows with joy, and she modeled that for us. And, and I think it's a really important topic because I think that's, that's one concrete way that Christians, um, well, can um, live differently, bear witness to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is that when suffering comes our way, as it will for every single man and woman, when whenever we endure any sort of suffering, um, the, the Christian is able to endure that suffering with joy, which seems, I think, to, to modern ears, a contradiction in terms. Like, how can you suffer joyfully? How how can we endure physical or emotional pain or duress with a joyful spirit, a joyful heart? Uh, what is if somebody maybe who's who's not Christian, not a person of faith, is is hearing this right now, Muncie? What does that mean? I think what it means is um, maybe we need to look at our notion of joy mm. and just what that is. You know, for example, we will use joy in a very expanded way. I'm joyful when I eat ice cream. Maybe what we yes, really mean I is... Am. <laughs> especially now with Lent coming. Right, you know? Exactly. Uh, maybe it'd be better to say, I'm happy when I eat ice cream. Mm. Joy is something else. A joy is this contentment of soul. You know, so can someone even be joyful while enduring some sacrifice? And we would say yes to that, because what joy is, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, happiness, and we love to be happy, and, and you know, eating pizza or visiting a friend, all that, great. But joy is something deeper. Yeah. You know, joy is something that is even able to withstand uh, suffering and deprivation, because we know why we're doing it. I think joy has a sense of understanding what's going on, perhaps better than, say, happiness does. Right, right. You know? Um, joy is something that lasts. Mm. It lasts, and it connects us to the Holy Spirit, who, and as we say, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So for those of us who are trying to live the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, joy comes from that. Right. So there, there. It's a fr- again, as you said, it's a fruit. So if we're living a life um, in tune with the Holy Spirit, a life in the Holy Spirit, uh, then from that, certain fruits will 
be born, yes. and one of them is joy. Yes. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with, today with Monsignor Charles Mangan of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about Lent and Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, just talking here, uh, as we were, Monsignor, about joy um, and suffering with joy and how um, Mary models that and therefore the connection with Lent. The other thing I wanted to unpack a little bit, talk a bit more, you talked about the the three Lenten practices Um prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Of course, they're things that we should be doing year-round, not just during this season of Lent. But the second of them in particular, um, fasting, do we, why do we do that? Like, I think this is one of the things that certainly it's not a practice that's unique to Catholics. Um, There are Christians of other traditions that that I'm aware of that, that certainly fast. But historically, <clears throat> excuse me, it has been one of those Catholic distinctives, mm-hmm. um, at least with regard to our Protestant brothers and sisters, um, that 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 distinguishes historically Catholics <clears throat> from them. So, so why do we fast, Monsignor? It's an opportunity for us to experience some of the deprivation that the risen, that the crucified Christ, the suffering Christ, experienced. It's an opportunity also for us in a kind of mysterious way to do penance for our sins, Mm. to acknowledge that our sins have caused rupture, rupture between myself and God, between myself and my neighbor, even between myself and myself, insofar as I'm not living an integrated, true, uh, uh, honest life as I could. And also at times, as St. John Paul II said, it can be a rupture between myself and God's creation mm-hmm. by way of not using well the beauty and the fruits of God's creation, uh, the gift of food, the uh, gift of water, so forth. This idea of being uh, being not the person I could be, um, as a result, when we fast in a kind of mysteric, mysterious and mystical way, um, we are atoning, we're making up for the um, that rupture that our sins have caused, um, and that this would please God. Um, as a matter of fact, we know that Jesus himself uh, talked about the importance of fasting, said and said if we did it, and we, when we do it, we should do it so as not to call attention to ourselves, mm. but to do it before our Father in heaven. So certainly Jesus has validated fasting. Right. Right. You know, as a way for us to experience uh, the opportunity for atonement for our sins. And as I said earlier, Dr. Bergwald, I think, too, that uh, it allows us to experience in some way what Christ experienced on the cross in that moment of loneliness, that moment of terrible physical pain and spiritual pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us to get to know that in some way, however small it may seem. Um, fasting has been encouraged by the church for centuries. Right. Um, and we see it as a work that atones, that makes atonement, that repairs for the ruptures that my sins, <clears throat> pardon me, and the sins of others have, 
have caused. Beautiful. So prayer, fasting, almsgiving, um, suffering with joy, all ways in which Mary connects with Lent, as you said, as um, a baseball does with a glove. Uh, what else comes to mind, Monsignor, when you think about Lent and Our Lady? One thing, too, that I think comes to mind here, Dr. Bergwald, is the idea of opening ourselves for further use in the kingdom of God. Um I think prayer uh, and fasting and almsgiving, Lent itself, is an opportunity for us to take root even more deeply in the heart of Christ, and also to take stock of where we are in our relationship with the Lord. Mm. You know, for me, one of the words that comes to mind is being more available. Mm. Available to God, available to the church, available for the spreading of the kingdom of God. If those uh, who are listening today, February 17th, here we have today the feast, the Marian feast of the seven founders of the Servite order. So a particular order that was dedicated to Mary, the mother of God. There were seven men who were merchants around Florence, Italy, back 800 or so years ago. And uh, these men wanted to make themselves, with God's grace, of greater service to God and the church. Mm to make themselves more available. And I think when I think of Lent, Dr. Bergwald, I'm thinking also of this idea that now, because of opening ourselves more again to the Lord, we become more available. We become more ready to do what it is that he has in mind for us. It's not my prayer and my fasting and my almsgiving. It's to be works that I can do under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's not to show how strong I am, and I think, you know, we can get to, to the vigil on uh, Holy Saturday evening and uh, almost breathe a sigh of relief. You know, <laughs> yes. we made 47 days if we count Sundays. Right. But, but the thing about it is, no, it's not to show how strong I am. It's to show how the strength of God is within me. Um, it's not about my name being praised because, yes, I gave up chocolate and all these things I love. But it's what about the praising of the name of Jesus Christ, you know, and this, I think, is the important thing. Who does that better than Our Lady? There is nobody. There's nobody. Why do you say? Why do you say that last piece? So there's again a lot I want to unpack. But started starting at the end. Um, nobody does that better than Our Lady. Say more about that. Yes, because there was no ever there was no impediment in her to God's action within her. You know, the, when the archangel gave so availability, availability, she was completely available. <clears throat> When the Archangel Gabriel came to her, and by the way, that's one of the great things we get to look forward to yes. in this Lent is, again, the celebration on March 25th of the Annunciation. But the Archangel Gabriel came to Our Lady and said, Hail, full of grace. And uh, there was no impediment, there was no obstacle that she put forth that said, No, I won't do this. I can't do this. The only thing she asked was, How can this be, since I do not know man? Just how does this be? Because uh, she had not had relations with Joseph or any man, for that matter. And so the archangel explained how this would happen. Right. As a result, her availability meant that she became the only woman we hail as both mother and virgin. Right. Complete and total availability. And as a result, her availability blossomed forth into something that has never existed before or since. 
yeah, she is the greatest disciple of her son. She uh, was and will remain the most available to the will and work of God in her life of every of any man or woman, apart from her son. Yes, that's right. Um, I want to just uh, touch briefly. Once um, you mentioned um, the greeting that that Gabriel made to her, hail, full of grace. And I think one thing maybe we think don't think about there is, <clears throat> in effect, Gabriel is is renaming Mary. Um, he's he doesn't say hail. Mary, as we do in the prayer, instead of saying her name, Miriam, uh, he says, full of grace, or maybe to get like uh, unwieldy, but closer to what the Latin term caritomeni means, you who have been fully graced, uh, sort of that's, that's the fullness of the Greek term that we tr- normally translate full of grace, you who have been from the mom- first moment of your existence and the womb of your mother, Fully graced by God. And, and so I'm thinking about Muncie, you're connecting with something else you said. Mary didn't do anything to deserve receiving that gift of being fully graced from the first moment of her existence. She cooperated with it throughout her entire life, but she did nothing to deserve it. Similarly, what you said about, I was, I'm struck by what you said about how Lent, when we get to Easter, uh, Easter or Holy Saturday, Holy Saturday, we might be tempted to, oh, I did it. I made it. I, 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 no. Right. He, he, he did it through me. So praise God if we, if we did um, uh, persevere with our Lenten penances, and we are cooperating certainly with God's grace, and yet he is always the one who takes the initiative. It's the primacy of grace at work in our lives. Yes, and Our Lady knew that so well. You know, we may forget, too, that... <clears throat> You know, until the time that, uh, certainly until the time and then after, the time when the archangel came, Mary was faithful Mm. as a Jewish person. Right. And she understood the law. She understood the demands of the Jewish law. And she fulfilled those demands to the letter and even beyond. Amen. And so uh, this availability is so vital for us. And we need God's grace if we're going to become available. Amen. If you're just tuning in to listen to Ignition, this is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Monsignor Charles Mengen of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about Lent and Our Lady. And we've just been speaking about the idea of availability and how available available uh, Mary was and is to God and his grace and how that's a model for us as we think about Lent. Monsignor, we've got just about five minutes left. Any other thoughts that come to mind when you think of Lent and Our Lady? Well, as we said before, Dr. Bergwald, one of the happy uh, occurrences is that usually the Feast of the Annunciation is in Lent. Right. There are some cases when uh, Easter Sunday is very early that the Annunciation has moved to outside of Lent. Right. Uh, mm. And also, the Feast of St. Joseph is generally within Lent. Right. And of course, Mary, the spouse of Joseph, was very open and very receptive and available. And of course, so was St. Joseph. So when I think of Our Lady in Lent, I also am aware here of the fact that um, usually those two great feasts find themselves in Lent. Right. Um, and uh, what a happy occurrence that is. You know, for us to be able to give attention to Mary and the Annunciation and also to St. Joseph and his role in the Holy Family of Nazareth. So with 
you know, with with our Lord and everything that happens, even the mo- seemingly um, uh, tiniest minutia of our lives, uh, is ordained by God and His divine providence. Nothing happens on accident from the divine perspective. So, Monsignor, what, what do you think is the spiritual significance of the fact that the Annunciation and the Solemnity of Saint Joseph fall within Lent? What what, what is God? telling us by ordering things in that manner, do you think? A very good question, Dr. Bergwald. I mean, it seems to me that it's just another gift that God gives to us. He, The Lord knows that the ardors, the difficulties, challenges of Lent can sometimes be overwhelming. And for, so he gives us a solemnity so we can take a break from our penances. Is that well? It's it's true. If one, I suppose one could uh, could do that with probably uh, being completely peaceful about it. Uh, you That's know, probably not what you're going to say. Right, right. It's probably not the direction. But 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 on a on a beautiful level here, you know, the Lord knows that the challenges of Lent can be very overwhelming, um, and we. You know, we eat less. We are um, hopefully giving to the poor in right. more generous ways, and we're praying more. And we get tired. Yeah. And so here we have on the horizon, uh, and a kind of signposts on the way to Easter. Oh, look to Mary. Look to Saint Joseph. Mm. You know, as those who have already made what we're looking forward to. Right. You know, they're already having and enjoying eternal life. And that's what we're looking forward to, too. And so hang on there. Here we have examples. Mary and Joseph are already in heaven. Look to them for inspiration. Look mm. to them for assistance. And uh, you will be you will be amazed and you will be grateful. Amen. Uh, we just got a couple minutes left here. Thinking now this actually was, it already happened, so it was before Lent this year. But sometimes, too, I think uh, February 11th, um, Our Lady of Lords falls within Lent on occasion, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. Yes. Uh, and, and another great, obviously, Marian feast. Yes, and thinking of Our Lady of Lords, we're always reminded of that element of prayer and of healing. Mm. And all of us need to pray and all of us need to be healed. Uh, there's not a one of us who doesn't need some kind of healing. And with that in mind... Mary is such a great example of, once again, being available to God, and now the Lord uses Our Lady of Lourdes as a very powerful way to assist others by her prayers, by her good example. Uh, it's another example of how Mary has opened herself. Mm. Great, beautiful. So, Monsignor, we just got about a minute to go, kind of boiling this all down, bringing it all together, um, bottom lining it, if you will. What would you say is therefore the most important thing as, as we're preparing for Lent? And and we should be thinking about already, don't wait until uh, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. What am I going to do for Lent? Uh, be thinking about it, praying about it now. Uh, but in light of what we've been saying about Lent and Our Lady, what, what would you leave with our listeners? I would leave with uh, the notion of gratitude. Uh, Mary is always a perfect example of being grateful. Lent is another chance for us to thank God. And despite our perhaps discomfort with our penances and so forth, we should thank God for the chance to go to heaven. And Mary is in heaven today and St. Joseph because they opened themselves up to the Lord. May the same be said about us. Amen. So I, th- I think especially, you know, again, we're, we might be taking on some penances. We, we have, to do, have to do some fasting. Um, and, and, and sometimes th- there can be, the, again, that toil and drudgery, if you will. Yes. 
of the Lenten season. So I love that idea of actually be grateful. Uh, be grateful for this season of Lent, but in the midst of of the trials that you choose to take on or the trials that come your way, rejoice. Yes, absolutely. And again, that's Mary, uh, she who has been fully graced can help us in that. Yes, she can. Thank you, Monsignor, for being with us You're today. welcome, Dr. Bergwald. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.